Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sarah Michelle Gallagher, Buffy, Vampire, Spider-Man, Falcon. The Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own ability. Cue the outrage. Welcome to your favorite and perhaps only pop culture academic symposium. We stand together. <laughs> perhaps your only. We are the pop culture professors. I'm Caitlin Bitsagai. And I confidently today in Lauren Brickman. Wow. Turning over a new leaf, Lauren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, smart people, dumb topics. Although today, I'm going to say today's a little bit of a twist. I think today the topic is smart and this one, this one being me, might be dumb today. Okay. Well, as mm-hmm. long as as long as we're varying it up and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, somewhat mm-hmm. to the tagline, I think that's all. <laughs> I think legally we're in the clear. Legally okay. we're in okay. the clear. Uh, <laughs> well, we're here to talk about standing, so that's always a little dumb. Mm-hmm, uh, Lauren, mm-hmm, what is mm-hmm. standing? Standing is being an mm-hmm. obsessive fan of something or someone. Caitlin, what are you standing this week? You know, I've been watching Hulu's. Under the Banner of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I loved this book. It came out a long time ago. And I was like, how are they going to adapt this book that was mostly about the history of Mormonism? But they focus, They make it basically, it did have a true crime element in the book, but they've made that more of the focus. They've made Andrew Garfield this detective that is like mm-hmm. this good Mormon man, but it's also like... But he's also there for justice. And Mm. he's strangely so hot in it. That's really confusing. A lot of things are going on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I definitely suggest it. It's ongoing. Cool. Um, You learn. You're frightened. He's hot. What what else could I say to recommend? What else else could you ask for? Yeah. So, Lauren, what are you standing this week? (sighs) This is a real departure for me. Okay, wow. I'm ready. I'm going to take you to a place... I've never taken you. And that's to the world of health and fitness. <laughs> hey, all right. Stan stands are going, what's this pivot? I don't understand. Who's talking? It is me, Lauren, talking. And I am I'm standing something I experienced for the first time today. We'll see wow. if I ever go back. But Rumble, <laughs> Rumble, baby. Uh, Rumble is a group fitness boxing class slash like... Ooh. 
weights and floor work and friend of the pod and past guest, uh, Chris Burns, also better known as Fat Carrie Bradshaw, has been obsessed with it. And I texted him yesterday and I'm like, I think I'm finally ready. And I was convinced I was going to do vomit cry or, yeah. you know, all of the above. But actually, it was very fun. And I've I've had a lot of frustration in my life recently. And I took it all out on that boxing oh, good. floor. And I felt great. And I feel invigorated. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really into Rumble today. So if anyone at Rumble heard this and wants to sponsor this podcast, and by that, I mean, give me free passes to keep going, I'm down. I'm very down. You are open to going for free. That's like huge, I'm open Lauren. to accepting free things. That's what I'm saying. That uh, is so fun. I can't wait till you guys have a separate Rumble podcast. <laughs> it's all about your adventures becoming professional boxers. Yeah. Well, I mean, remember when the folks from Turnbuckles, the WWE podcast, were on? They did say I could still pivot into a life at the WWE. So maybe this is all part of that journey. It's all kind of falling into place for you in the year 2022. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely my year, you know. I, I have to say. New ankle, new toe, new Lauren. Like, that's that's the journey I'm on. You're all ankle and toe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> that is just, that is really something special. I, I um, know. This is a lot for you to take in. So I hope I haven't. Well, just... I was thrown off when you said you're confidently Lauren Brickman, which is a mm-hmm. departure, and mm-hmm. then the mm-hmm. boxing thing. So may, I, I do probably, you know, I do kind of think you're a replicant. That is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but that's fine. We'll address that after. This I have episode. been body snatched, so keep that in mind for the duration okay. of the episode. That's fine, okay, cool. but you can stick around for the next hour or so cool. uh, because it's too good of an episode mm-hmm. for, for me true. to bother to search for the real you. Because today we have the wonderful Mary Kate Wiles. Welcome. Hi. Thank Hello. you so much. I'm so excited to be here we are oh. thrilled to have you because you, we've just yeah. been we've been waiting for someone to open the door so we could walk through and talk the world of jane austen adaptations i'm i'm happy to open that door yes. <laughs> you uh, played lydia on lizzie bennett diaries <gasps> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's true so exciting it's so true which uh. is turning 10 years old this year which <gasps> is i I know. Whoa. I was surprised. Pretty by that upsetting. When I saw it. Yeah, no, I, I was upset and I wasn't even involved. So I can't imagine how you feel. Wait, I'm, I actually didn't track that. Yeah. Ow. Ow. And yeah. My, chest, my chest pains are kicking in. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. 10 years old this year. You're yep. rumbling. Yeah. You're uh, rumbling, Lauren. I got to go back to rumble for <laughs> and try to take back the last 10 years. Woo. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Why wow, hit? Yeah. A fabulous a web series. Mm-hmm. You also know Mary Kate from Fairly Odd Parents and Shipwrecked Comedy. You're the third <laughs> person from Shipwrecked we've had on this show. <gasps> always a delight. Oh, yeah. So it, we always like to put our listeners at ease, say mm-hmm, our credentials. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. you know, Lauren, you're bringing up our credentials are pretty good this this, <laughs> this episode this because yeah. Mary Kate, of course, played Lydia. I actually went to grad school for English literature and primarily studied Austen and then her influence over female Victorian writers. Oh, so uh, smart people dump topics. I think people don't realize like what a nerd you actually are. Is the thing. Like, <laughs> well, that's disturbing. Yeah, like you present so <laughs> hip and cool, and people probably think you went to grad school. Yeah. People probably think that your like thesis was like I don't know on like stand up comedy rebellion in the nineteen sixties or something. But 
in reality, you're just a big old romantic. Yeah, well, it was also I did my senior thesis on the intersection of feminism and Marxism and female 19th century writers. So, I mean, yeah, very cool. Hip and cool. Hip and cool. Hip and cool. But yeah, how are you repping Jane Austen? Um, well, I have a deep, deep, I, this, this, my love of Jane Austen is maybe the most basic thing about me, but like, I truly love Jane Austen and I love her so much that I have read. If there's a Jane Austen fan fiction out there, I've read it. Like, I'll Whoa. just say that right now. That I'll seems say impressive because that right I bet there are millions per se. I, there's got to be so many. <laughs> I will say this. It does help that like if you go on Kindle, many of them will like self-publish there. Mm-hmm. So like Whoa. I go to the like a lot of them are like longer ones that are like they try to make it look like it's a like a book deal book situation. But in reality, what we're dealing with is self-published fan fiction. and. I live for it. <laughs> Can I ask, when you say fan fiction, are they, which are they doing most? Exploring the okay. world of certain novels? Wow. Or is Jane Austen involved herself? <laughs> what thank you. Thank you go. so much. I mean, Mary Kate is absolutely correct. There are so many. So it's, it would be impossible to actually have read them all. But sure. the ones that I gravitate towards are, a, there's a couple different ones that I've gravitated towards over the years. Sometimes it's following a more tertiary character's journey. Like I'm a real, I'm a real slut for Mary's story, right? Like poor Mary, wow. poor sure. Mary gets ignored. And so if you're going to center a story around Mary, I want to see yeah. where that's going. Sure. Um, okay. There's also a lot of like, what if like one thing went different for stories? Mm-hmm. So like a sliding door. A, a popular one is like, well, what if Lizzie's dad died? Oh, like during that makes the course of part of that, which is He's sad, the but best. it does raise the stakes, right? Like, it's what sure, happens if he sure. didn't get to settle his daughters, there. right? Well, yeah. That's a common one. Wow. Yeah, that one I've read multiples of. There's also like, I don't know. There's there's some that just put them in like different worlds, which you know, some might argue that many lifetime uh, TV movies are also just Jane Austen fan fictions that place uh, those characters in alternate timelines. But um, yeah, there's a variety of approaches. I will say, I don't, I'm sure they're out there. I don't personally gravitate towards ones that are of the becoming Jane milieu where we're focusing on Jane Austen, the actual figure. Like, I like to live in the world of her stories more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, wow. And now everybody knows that not only do I have insomnia, but I am often lonely. And that is true. <laughs> well, that's before you were part of this rumble community. That I <gasps> that's true. That's true. That's true. Help with you, you to sleep. And then you've got yeah. your community in the morning. Well, this is this is really more a purging of the old Lauren, like right. getting this all out there. This episode in many mm-hmm. ways. Yeah, in yeah, in yeah. many ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's time we play a game. Oh, absolutely. I think this oh, is boy. a game. I The second, Kaylin, I saw you came up with this game, I've been waiting for Mary-Kate to get here so we could play it. I've been excited all day. Great. Oh, boy. Oh, great. boy. It's quite simple. Mm-hmm. It's called What Would Lydia Do? Okay, great. So <laughs> it's Lydia in very modern teen shows, which have all, mm-hmm. frankly, lost mm-hmm. the plot. So, Mary-Kate, <laughs> I'm going to give you a plot from a, uh, a show from the last couple years, and you're going to tell me how Lydia would respond. Either your Lydia, okay. your Lydia from, you know... Mm-hmm. Any Lydia. Um, your choice. Your choice. Yeah, any Lydia. Great. Just a friend. Any Lydia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great. Great. So what would Lydia do if her sister staged a play about the very personal lives of her and her friends as on Euphoria? Oh, well, I haven't seen Euphoria. 
I'm going to say that considering that that is not too far off from like what happens in Lizzie Bennett. I mean, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lizzie is broadcasting With their the very mm-hmm. yeah. personal uh, happenings to the world. And Lydia was into it. So I think Lydia would be would love to be a part of the play. Yeah, Lydia yeah. would be chill. I agree. Yeah. What if she found out her teachers were running a gossip Instagram as on <laughs> the new iteration of Gossip Girl? Oh, her teachers. Interesting. Yeah, there's a new one, right? I mean, I would say Lydia's into gossip, but I don't know if she's into gossip from the teachers. Does she know it's the teachers or is it a Lady Whistledown situation? Well, it's it, it, it's kind of both. I mean, it's definitely used to the attempt in the new reboot of Gossip Girl is that the teachers want to use it to manipulate the students into oh, behaving. Oh, interesting. Now, obviously, it gets out of hand, but sure. that's the idea. I would not say that Lydia is above being manipulated. Ouch. But I, w- <laughs> but I would say she is above being manipulated to behave. Right, <laughs> so, right, right, right. I don't think she's fallen for that. Totally, totally. All right. <laughs> now, I've not seen this after a plane crash in Canada, like in Yellow Jackets. Oh, uh, I love her, but it's probably it's probably not going to go well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. Maybe she'll surprise me. Maybe she turns into like a scrappy jungle uh like goddess, but I doubt it. Right. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. All right. What if as in sex education, her mom is a renowned sex expert? Oh wow. <laughs> the thought of Mrs. Bennett as a renowned mm-hmm, sex mm-hmm. expert is Except pretty funny. I can't imagine Lydia would be into that. I don't know. I don't feel like she would. I think that would be rather embarrassing for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And finally, what if she is cut from the Mighty Ducks as in Mighty Ducks Game Changers? I have not seen any of these shows. Well, she probably didn't want to be a part of Mighty Ducks to begin with. So she's fine with it. Yeah, so the show doesn't go on for very long because she's no. just like, that was great. Thanks. I didn't want to do this anyway. Bye. <laughs> it really does speak to the enduring power of Lydia that it's, to me, it feels like very clear her POV in these very different scenarios. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is a character that we understand yeah. from Lizzie Bennet Diaries, from Bride and Prejudice. From- yeah. A girl we know named Lydia. <laughs> wow. wow. Wow, 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 I'm absolutely obsessed. And for whatever reason, I there's nothing I want to watch more than the behind-the-scenes footage of her being cut from Mighty Ducks. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all of them, that's the one that, like, is stuck in my, my mind now. Just truly right. think she, I don't know how this happened, but she got dragged <laughs> into it and she did Mighty Ducks. What is it? It's hockey, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it's ice hockey. Yes, very I'm much so. I'm quite sure she was just absolutely horrible on the ice and uh, she was probably excited to get cut so that she could go to the bar. 
Wow. <laughs> you know what I read today, though, that Jane Austen was one of the very first references in passing to baseball as a sport. Oh, interesting. That is one of the first early recorded. So I was like, wow, you don't think of her thinking a sporty writer. Maybe that <laughs> is, uh, that's the factoid that I'll use to get my fiance into Jane Austen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> she does love baseball. She yeah, does. She sports does. pages of the day. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, we'll take a quick break because, Lauren, we come back. You've got a hot thesis for us. I've got some big feelings to work through. That's definitely okay. true. Great. All right. We'll be right back. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> okay, I um, I hydrated for about 30 minutes. And after 30 minutes of hydration, <laughs> I uh, went through my new rumble routine real quick just to make sure that I'm I'm, I'm warmed up. She showed it to us. Uh, because this thesis today is a bit of a throwdown, I have to be honest. Oh, wow. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Today, I, I'm doing something I, I've done before, but I don't think I've ever come in quite as hot as this one. Because today, my thesis is actually a clapback. And... <gasps> My clapback today is dedicated to Audrey Fox, whom I've never met. You might be a lovely person. I don't Great know name. anything about you. Love the name Audrey. Love the name Fox. Put it together. Love Audrey Fox. But Audrey Fox at SlashFilm.com on October, back in October of 2021, this person, I don't, even, I, I don't know anything about them other than they wrote this byline, the 15 best Jane Austen adaptations ranked. Okay, sure. And l before I get into my my personal beliefs, I just want to ask, you hear 15 best adaptations. What sure. would either of you, Mary-Kate, go first? Like, you, What's the first one that comes to mind? The first one that comes to mind for me is probably my favorite, which is okay. the 2005 Pride and Prejudice. It's my fave. Great, great. Okay. I know it's okay. not everybody's fave, but the 2005 Pride and Prejudice star Kira Knightley specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Caitlin? <laughs> uh, Clueless would jump to mind. Oh. Okay. Okay. I, I get the Clueless one. Mary Kate, I'm actually feeling pretty unsafe right now because uh -oh. it turns out it turns out Mary Kate and Audrey actually agree. Are in agree. 
they are in agreement. And Hell actually, yeah. this is this couldn't have worked out better. This actually couldn't have worked out better because <laughs> I'm, I'm ready just to go going to, bat for this. to. Yeah, I'm just going to ask you to <laughs> step into the role of this stranger and help me understand today why okay. the 2005 Kieran Knightley Pride and Prejudice, which I enjoyed, which I've seen many times. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying number one. I am in turn going to give you my top five. Okay. Okay. And then after I after I present my top five, I want you, Mary Kate and Caitlin, if you want to back her up, to explain to me okay. how this version ended up number one when you have all of these versions that I sure, have sure. to share. All right, go for okay? it, Lauren. So first and foremost, um, in addition to not agreeing with her number one, I also found the exclusion of perhaps one of the greatest romantic comedies ever made not being on this list offensive because of 15 adaptations. Can you believe that Bridget Jones's diary wasn't one of them? Mm. Okay. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's a loose enough. I feel like it's loose. I feel like that's why it's not a complete, like, you know, story beat for story beat adaptation. But we all know, I mean, beyond his talent, we all know why Colin Firth was there. We all know. They're, they, they weren't playing around. They weren't joking around. Do you mean the casting? Yeah, the casting of, you know, 1995's Pride and Prejudice, Colin okay. Firth, as Mr. Darcy. His name is Mr. Darcy. That's true. Right, right, You know? Right. right. It's hitting all the story beats, for the most mm-hmm. part. It's just in the modern lens. Uh, I disagree. I can see why it's not on my list. But what I story just... beats do you think it's missing? Well, uh, to be fair, I have not seen it in a long, long time. But, you know, there's no sisters. There's no... The sisters are the friends group. Mm. Okay, because in the, it's in more the, the character beats than the story. Yeah, beats. what's there's not like what's the scandal? What's the Jane character? What's the Bingley? You know, the Jane and Bingley storyline. I'll give you that. That one is not as pre- well. No, mm. so I just I don't I just don't feel like it can be considered a true adaptation. I guess Jane and Bingley maybe are her parents because they go they break up and then get back mm. together. So, so Mary Kate, your point is it's not it's not enough of a remake to be on the list. And, yeah, I just but, wouldn't consider it an adaptation. Okay. I would okay. consider it Got like it. a loose, a loose inspired in, by. Yeah, gotcha. Not, maybe not loose, a decent amount inspired by you and Audrey Fox, because you and Audrey Fox then are going to have some disagreements <laughs> when I tell okay. you some of the other things that are on this list. Because okay. everything okay. else that I share was on her list. Bridget Jones' gotcha. diary was not. I think gotcha. it deserves to be number five. Mm. I'm with you, Caitlin, though. I think Clueless deserves to be there. She had Clueless on there. I personally think it should be num- number four because, my God, it's just everything I love. So, you know, that's oh, really yeah. just personal. It's the 90s it's aesthetic. Great. It's the star maker. It's I mean, the- who doesn't love Clueless? It's who like near perfect. Yeah, it Everybody is. Loves okay. it. All right. So I think that's a solid easy four. Yeah. Now, this one was quite high high on her list. And I agree. I think it's excellent. It's one of my most recent loves. The 2020 Emma, the one that came out Mm. right when the world was shutting down and we all could stay home and watch it on a loop for a weekend. Mm. And Johnny Flynn, need I say more? It's funny. It's punchy. The art direction's great. So for me, that's a number three. Great. Love that one. Yeah, no disagreement. Thank you so much. My mm-hmm. number two is actually a tie, and I think it has to be a tie <laughs> because honestly, 1995 was a really good year, and you can't, you, 
they just both deserve to be there next to each other. They came out at the same time. And that's the 1995 Pride and Prejudice that I've already spoken of starring Colin Firth and the 1995 Sense and Sensibility starring his future co-star, Hugh Grant. I would almost deign, I think, to rank Sense and Sensibility above that Pride and Prejudice. I, I agree. It. I, I think agree. it is so but- good. And I will say this, Mary-Kate, the first one I put down was Sense and Sensibility in 1995. But then I was like, (sighs) cultural impact, lasting power. The 1995 one gets referenced so much. We don't, we love Sense and Sensibility. The performances are maybe better. I think overall experience better, but it just hasn't had the same cultural impact. So then I feel like (sighs) I had to keep them both there. I first saw Kate Winslet though. I know. That's me. That's my life, you know? She's I, perfect <laughs> in it. I feel like it's tough because the Pride and Prejudice is so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm, it doesn't make mm-hmm. any cuts for better or worse. Not none, but like, mm. it's not like, uh, Emma Thompson and Ang Lee had to make a lot more tough choices. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. as an artistic expression, I might rank Sense and Sensibility above, but I agree. Yeah. I, I tend to think of Pride and Prejudice more. So those are my number two. Now. <laughs> the tide. My number one, and Mary-Kate, you may disagree, but I will say Audrey had this on her list, and that is the 2008 miniseries Lost in Austin. Oh, I haven't seen it. Okay. And this is part of why I needed to bring this out today, because so many alleged Austin fans and knowledgeable <laughs> people give me a blank stare, and alleged. I can't believe. Um, but for I those know who it's don't meant know, to be good. I know people like it. I've heard it. It achieves being good. Um, (laughs) Now, for those who don't know, it is a miniseries that centers around uh, a woman named Amanda, who's an ardent Jane Austen fan. And she's living in present day 2008 London with her boyfriend, Michael. But then she discovers that she has swapped places with Elizabeth Bennett. So it's all about a modern (laughs) 2000s woman in Pemberley dealing with who she thinks is the man of her dreams. And... Stars the amazing Jemima Roper, and I just love everything about this um, film. Also, ER fans, guess who Mrs. Bennett is? Alex Kingston. You know you love her. You know you love it. It's so well cast. It's so fun. If you've seen Austin Land, it's the better version of Austin Land. Because I'm going to be honest there. with you. I just got the two of those confused. Austin Land and Austin <laughs> uh, Austin, Austin Land you- is fun, but. Did you say yeah. it's a miniseries? Yeah. So I think it aired, or I don't know where it originally aired, but it's chopped up into like four hour and change specials. Okay. Or like a little under. Yeah. It's four different. So it was British to start or no? I believe so. I don't know how I found this film. Oh, well, you always. <laughs> I mean, who knows? That I, don't, that I never. Yeah. I don't know how, but it's but it's definitely four. Uh, oh, I guess they're all forty five minute episodes. Sorry, it's oh. forty five minute episodes, and it's four. It's four forty five minute episodes, and they aired, I guess September third through twenty fourth. But where they aired that part was in Britain. ITV was the original yeah, network. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. So, I think it's phenomenal. I think that it like is every modern girl's dream to be there and what's so fun about it is that it's like she gets her dream and then it kind of sucks right because it's like (laughs) oh the reality of being a modern woman in this world is bad but then ultimately (sighs) 
we still get our classic Darcy and Lizzie Bennett story and you can guess what happens. And it's (laughs) just so delightful. And I love it. And I love it. But to your point, Mary Kate, it's not a true adaptation. Sure. Yeah. But yet it was on her list. Mm. And Bridget Jones wasn't. Anyways, Mm. those are my top five. I leave it there. Are, Are there any that you guys don't like? Like an adaptation you've seen that you're like, Hmm. No, but I haven't necessarily yeah. seen them all. You haven't scoured the internet. I I don't love from Prada to Nada. Never Wait, even that heard one? of that. <laughs> from oh, from Prada to Nada is the it came. I forget what year it came out. Um, but it's like the story of these like rich socialites who lose everything. It's oh my god! I for, I'm trying to remember the whole premise but it, it it came out in like the 2000s and they were sort of it, it sort of reverses who the haves and the haves nots and it's bad it's bad mm. i don't like it i mean great title. Was bad. <laughs> yeah and i was sorely disappointed um mm. that's the only one i can think of that i like really remember not loving because everything else i seemed oh there is one called uh, Pride and Prejudice, a latter day comedy, which I found hard to get through. Right. The Mormon one, right? Yeah. That one wasn't particularly fun. Oh, oh, wait. There's an, okay. Martin Henderson from uh, Grey's Anatomy, Riggs. Wow. He was in a Bollywood film called Bride oh. and Prejudice. Yes. I have heard of that. And it's fun, but really uneven. Like it, gotcha. it drag, it, the pacing's like a little off. Like some stuff is so fun. And then some stuff is like a little slow and a little kooky. Hmm. What does Martin Henderson play? He's Mr. Darcy. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Not the best Mr. Darcy not I've ever seen. Obvious, no. Not obvious. One not my I. favorite. Not my favorite Darcy I've ever seen. Yeah. But I, I can't you know. comment. But I, I've heard about it. <laughs> so those are my thoughts. But do you, I'm impressed but, that you've seen so many. I mean, wow. What I'm is, not sure if it's impressive or if <laughs> uh, if we should all be wondering why I've been allowed to go on this long unchecked and on the streets. We know what's interesting yeah. about the 2005 yeah, yeah. one is I feel like people are talking about that one so much more because of Matthew McFadden from Succession and mm-hmm, how mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he is so popular on that show and people for a while were like don't you remember that was darcy from the 2005 and i feel like i've seen so many images of that one since succession has blown up Mm -hmm. and they're doing a movie together those two colin forth and matthew mcfaden (gasps) okay well i will be there yeah i will too (laughs) i'll be i'll rent a theater and watch it all day probably And I did see a midnight showing of the 2005 one when it came out mm. when I was in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I saw mm-hmm. it on Christmas Day with my dad. Aww. <laughs> That's, That's so cute. Beautiful. Why is it your favorite one, Mary Kate? Oh, man. I could. I could go on and on about it. Um, and I feel like I was ready to hate it when it came out because I was, like, all about the colin firth version like loved it which now i have not actually seen in a very long time because who has the time yeah if i have six hours to watch something i'm watching two lord of the rings films sorry (laughs) to be fair i don't always 
watch it in its entirety. Of but course. it's like an but it's like when you have an album that you only like some of the songs. I go to for my sure. favorite parts. For sure. And I'm not so, arguing with like Colin Firth Darcy supremacy. However, I think Matthew McFadden really surprised us all. I think he really was. Do you know who's wonderful. a really fun Darcy too though? And you may not hmm. you may not see it coming. And again, you may argue <laughs> with the relevancy because this is technically a sequel. It's Death Comes to Pemberley, which is like what oh. happens after. Isn't it but Matthew Reese? I mean, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'm not going to argue because I am a number one Matthew Reese fan. He is fantastic. I I'm sure he's great. Am so sad that they only made one death come. Like I was like, but let's keep making these Darcy ever afters. Like, mm-hmm. uh, give me ten, give me ten more of the Bennets, right. mm-hmm. Darcy mm-hmm. Staga. He was mm-hmm. so good as a Darcy. It was so. I fun. believe it. I believe it. Um, big fan. But yeah, no, big fan. The, I think the 2005 is just like the most perfect, like one movie. Everything in one film mm-hmm. that gotcha. Pride and Prejudice could be. And not only that, as a person who makes films, it is so, mm-hmm. and I think that's a lot of where my appreciation for it comes from. It is so beautifully shot. It is oh, so, absolutely. yeah, it's just like the music's incredible. It feel it mm-hmm. makes them, it's so fun and funny and like honest and human. And I think it, it does the best job of like taking this story that like a lot of people who do not you know care about austin like uh, don't want anything to do with uh and like making it accessible to everybody mm-hmm. i think it's just i just think it's so good i think it's so yeah. lovely and yeah. i like i don't know just all the touch the little touches i feel like you get such a great sense of the sisters and how they are together and home life with the bennets and it's just great. And the cinematography is beautiful. Yeah. All those great. sisters are pretty famous now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think a great Love spirited it. debate. I, I believe <laughs> you all convinced all of me. <laughs> and and I will say to Audrey Fox at uh, <laughs> SlashFilm.com, you know, I'm realizing now why... That 2005 version was at the top of the list. It's not the top of my personal list, but I I get what you're going for. And I mean, good on you. Not you're not the only one. A lot of people really are all about the 1995, and that's absolutely that's fair. I just but. respect. I just respect that it it had to. It has had an impact in a just different way. It just it just it just it's done something different for pop culture. But you know what? I think it's time now. To move into our second game. Are you ready to play yeah. another game? Oh boy, another game. Okay. We got another game. And this one is inspired by a game that we played when your fellow shipwreck comedy uh, uh-huh. partners were here. Uh-huh. I don't know if they told you, but uh, we had them play a little game called Austin or Boston, where they okay. had to guess if it was an Austin <laughs> lyric or a song lyric from Boston. That's very this funny. This time around, we're not uh-huh. doing song lyrics, but we're playing a similar game. And it's called Jane. Or Bane, because thanks to Sid over at Screen Rant for compiling a list of Batman villain Bane quotes, I was able to compile them. So I'm going to say a quote, and you're going to tell me if it's a Jane Austen quote or a Bane quote. It isn't what we say or think that defines us, but what we do. Is that Jane or Bane? Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Jane. It is Jane from Sense and Sensibility. Thank goodness. 
You're off to oh, a great boy. start. All right. Okay, here good. comes the next one. Now is not the time for fear. That comes later. Uh, that sounds like Bane to me. It's Bane. You're two for two. <laughs> You're crushing so it. Good. I may have lost my heart, but not my self-control. Uh Oh, that's a, that sounds mm. that's tricky. I'm going to go with Jane. <laughs> You're correct. Jane Austen from Emma. Wonderful. You're nailing it. Ah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see if we can keep the streak going with this next one. <laughs> I cannot speak well enough to be unintelligible. <laughs> I love this uh, one. That's got to be Jane. It's so Jane, and it's from yeah. everybody's favorite, North Hanger Abbey. Oh, <laughs> the one I have never read uh, or seen. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. same. <laughs> All right, this one is. I am not a joke. I am not a riddle. Uh, Bane. Absolutely. He's not a joke. He's not a riddle. He's Bane. <laughs> He's not the Joker or the Riddler. He's Bane. <laughs> <laughs> there is no such thing as childhood. It's a myth. Uh, Bane. Yeah. We've gotten them all so far. Let's see if we can keep this going through the end. Oh, boy. There are people who the more you do for them, the less they will do for themselves. Uh, I'm feeling Bane again. It's actually it's Jane, Jane Austen. It's okay. I hey, just felt like the it. wording sounded a little too modern there. I know. But I know. That's Well, there you go. It's, yeah. you know, you know. All right. How about I am very strong. Nothing ever fatigues me, but doing what I do not like. Jane. Absolutely. That's a Mansfield Park right there. <laughs> How about peace has cost you your strength? Bane. Yeah. That seems too like weird and scary <laughs> for James. Yeah. The world is my prison. I will rule it or die. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Uh, Bane. Absolutely correct. Okay. But doesn't it feel like something that yeah. an Austin character might say? That it one does. really got me. I yeah. am. I gotta say, I am surprised about this mm -hmm. game. I did not expect them to be so similar. <laughs> Come on. All yeah. right, we got we got two left. Let's see if you can okay. get these last two. Here we go. Well, evil to some is always good to others. Uh, Jane. I'm gonna go with Jane. It is. It's Emma. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last one. You will know my name one day, and on that day, you will beg for mercy. Whoa. I feel okay. like I want to say Bane, but I'm because of that. I'm gonna go Jane. You should have followed your impulse. Dang it! Was it. Bane. Dang it! Although wow. I know, I really wish it had been me. I've never wished <laughs> that something. <laughs> You're like, nobody's stopping you. You like, can say that. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say it all the time, but it's on record as being a Bane quote. And I just right, wish sure. I'm going to sure. have to pay someone a lot of money to scrub all of that off the Internet and <laughs> pretend like I put it there first. That's very funny. I love it. Well, you did an excellent job. You clearly Thank know you your so Jane. Much. Amazing. Amazing Thank work. So Amazing Thank job. You. In fact, you did so well that we're getting told that you're getting an honorary doctorate from 
Oxford because, oh, wow. for, for your Jane Austen prowess. So we got to take a quick break and sign some papers and do a little graduation ceremony. Oh, and we'll be right back. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful, the speech you gave, thanking Thank you. your family and friends and elementary yeah. school English teacher. That was, yeah. Uh, it's unfortunate that the recording um, cut out yeah. and we don't have that to share, but it's it'll certainly stay in my something heart I could never duplicate or do again. Right. It was right, definitely right. a once in a lifetime situation. Well, I'm just grateful I was there, but I'm also <laughs> excited to be here for your thesis today, Caitlin. Oh, I'm so glad to have you both here. And it's amazing because you've already resonantly played into the point that I wanted to make, which my thesis is that there need to be more Northanger Abbey adaptations. And I love that you guys are unfamiliar with this because it only proves my point. Yeah. And here's the thing about Northanger Abbey. If you just to get a quick synopsis, the heroine is Catherine. Um, The novel is a more of a parody of gothic novels uh, uh, rather than just a novel the way uh you know her other ones are more straightforward and the whole thing with Catherine is that she's read so many gothic novels that everything she sees she sort of interprets as as something in that motif which i don't think like that seems more resonant than ever of people Mm. watching media and seeing it through that lens exclusively. And then she goes to stay at Northanger Abbey. She expects Northanger Abbey to be like, creepy cool with the murder and it's like not like that at all. And like she basically accuses uh, another character of murdering his wife. Uh, Mm -hmm, Spoiler mm -hmm. alert, he didn't. There was like, you need to calm down. But interestingly, it also defends novel readers because I guess it was a common thing at that point to even within novels talk about novel readers as being silly uh, because it was not considered a very high art form. And in this one, even though she is parroting the character, it actually specifically talks about how in the book, I'm not going to do that. Like you almost hear from Jane, the author more directly than you do in the other novels of like, no, she's still cool. She just misguided. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Catherine. Um, which I really like. This is, it has an interesting history because it was perhaps started in the, um, 18th century, even like 1794 or five. And she finished it. They're not sure. Maybe 1799. It was never published in her lifetime and then was published posthumously along with Persuasion, even though they are not related novels at all. They were sold originally as a double book. And Northanger Abbey has just never – it doesn't have that strong romance. And I don't think that Catherine is the character that Lizzie Bennet or Emma are. So I understand why it's not as resonant as a novel. Mm -hmm. But I think as adaptations, I feel like there's – a million things you could do in mm-hmm. 2022, whether it's a girl that watches too many telenovelas, a girl that wa- that listens to too many true crime podcasts. It's just people that are inundated with the media and see it through that is like, I, I it seems so ripe to me. And I can only find one even, there are, of course, like BBC versions of Northanger Abbey. There's one movie that I've never seen. It's called Ruby and Paradise. It's a 1993 film starring Ashley Judd that it says it's an homage to Northanger Abbey, mm. but it's not even an adaptation. Um, Interesting. But that's the only one that isn't just 
uh, and like a, a more faithful adaptation. And I really just, I, 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 you know, if someone listening wants to give me a budget, I'd be willing to <laughs> <laughs> write this modern retelling. I mean, I might do it at this point. Like, I've just been thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, there was one, uh, oh. a la Lizzie Bennett that I don't remember oh. what it was called because after Lizzie Bennett, quite a few uh, sure. mm-hmm. similar productions popped up of like of trying to tell classic literature in the vlog format. And there was one about Northanger that, Abbey. I mean, it does make sense just because it's so internet friendly. Yeah. Um, and it's cool too, because she, uh, the mysteries of Udolpho is particularly one that like Catherine gets during the novel and reads it, but it references like seven or eight other real pieces of fiction, which I think I, that just seems so modern to me. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. so cool that she was yeah. like of I mean, she read novels. She was mm-hmm. into it. She was a stan, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> well, because isn't that sort of like because that's like it's like a love letter to to that to that genre, right? Like it is, and then it's also like you you know it's 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 everything. It's a love letter. Yeah. It's poking fun. It's like you. It's cool to be into these, but like, don't accuse people of murder. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... That's true. That's true. Um, I do but- love. Have you guys have you guys ever seen the Jane Austen book club? That movie with yes. Hugh Dancy. Yeah. I do love the month that they're reading Northanger Abbey and he hosts he like decorates his house like a haunted house. That is my right, favorite right, part right. of that really bad movie. Sorry, I just had to interject. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not very good. I, I was oh, gonna bring no. that up earlier when we were talking about ones that that don't hit. It's just kinda it's not what you want it to be. And maybe we all bring no. too much to that concept. I don't know. It's just not fun. It feels like it feels like attending someone else's therapy session is the best way gotcha. to describe yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, that that does make sense to me. Um, and I think there's weird thoughts about this novel, too, because it's like maybe Jane herself didn't like it that much. Um, which it's like, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I don't like it as much as Pride and Prejudice or Emma either. But like those are two of the greatest novels of all time. This one can be just good, too. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, Jane. You don't have to hit a home run every time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just I, I just really think it would speak to a modern time. I totally see what you're saying about that. And I agree. Yeah. Seems like something that could easily be uh yeah, adapted for all kinds of different um forms of media these days. Are there any worlds where you'd like to see an Austin adaptation mm. set that we haven't seen one yet? <gasps> yeah. Vlogs Hell yeah. Seen. The mole. <laughs> so Northanger Abbey did get in wishbone. So I love wishbone. Oh, what are we yeah. doing on this? Re- we gotta go. I got. I have things to do now. I have to go watch. Oh my god! Your morning. Oh my is gotta go watch Rumble? this. This wishbone. Rumble wishbone. <laughs> uh. Well, Mary Kate, for everybody who found their time with you as utterly delightful as we had, where can they oh, stand you? Gosh. How can they follow you? You can follow me on the interwebs, Mary yeah. Kate Wiles, <laughs> pretty much everywhere <laughs> at MK Wiles. Um, if you would like to see more, not specifically Austin uh, adaptations, but literary inspired mm, content, yeah. may I recommend Shipwrecked Comedy? We are Absolutely. currently in post production on Headless A Sleepy Hollow <gasps> Story. We can't wait to see that. Which is um, a reimagining of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, where Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman are roommates. So, so fun. fun, So fun. 
Um, and yeah, if, if that's not enough for you and you're feeling for something a, a little more juvenile, please go watch The Fairly Odd Parents, Fairly Odder on Paramount Plus and see me yell at some children. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And a friend of the show, former guest Mariah Smith, was a writer on that project. We love shipwrecked comedy. If you like this podcast, I don't see how you don't like shipwrecked comedy. Sure. It won't make any sense to me. It just doesn't work logically. So go check that out. Check us uh, out. And Stan Stans, if you're not already, be sure to check us out on Instagram at We Stand Social. We're there more often than we should be, just waiting for our DMs yes. to blow up. So come through, slide in. <laughs> what do you want our next? What do you want? What do you want us talking about? Also, clap back to us on Instagram. What's your oh, top five? Yeah. Oh, you know please. we're gonna be. Yes. You know, you know I'm gonna come in hot and ready for a bunch of Instagram polls this week. So,